Oh, good day, everyone, and welcome to the weekend wrap for another week round. What is that? Fifteen or something? I can't keep up. Of course, we're all already into round sixteen, but uh, the last Crows game that we're here to talk about is round fifteen. And joining me tonight is Macca. How you going, Mac? Oh, I've been having strange dreams, mate. I'm not, I even bet the Crows won a game. <laughs> Apparently it did happen. It did happen. You weren't dreaming. It, it was real. It, it was, was real. real. It was real. And it was uh, it was a beautiful win too, 35 points in the end. So uh, uh, lots of talk about Hawthorne being a little bit off their game and coming off a short break, etc. But who cares? Who cares? Because we played pretty well. Uh, well, look, we did. Uh, and it pretty we went all over the, over the ground too. Yes, we did. We did really, um, and we'll talk about it in further detail tonight. Uh, we won't keep people uh, too long tonight. Being Father's Day, Happy Father's Day to all the fathers who are listening to us tonight and uh, on demand over the next few days. Hope you had a fantastic day. I sure did. What'd you get up to, Mac? Oh, I had a procession of them coming in that started <laughs> about midday and it finished about uh, dinner time and. Um, It'll be a struggle to get through this show, but we'll get there. Yeah, well, it'll be fine. Uh, no Nikki tonight. Uh, she does have um, some prior family engagements, so uh, that's probably one of the reasons we'll get through it in an hour, Mac. <laughs> yeah. Nobody to argue with. Uh, don't forget, uh, we're live on Facebook and YouTube, so uh, get amongst the chat if you're watching us on those two platforms, of course. You can also hook into our Discord either by joining the Discord server through the Discord app or going to aflcrowcast.com, clicking on live chat, following your instructions there, and you can access uh, the Discord chat and listen to the audio right from the uh, live chat page on our website. Macca. So, let's... Now, we've had some feedback, Mac. Had some feedback that we just carry on too much about the other games. So... We're going to put a stopwatch of uh, five minutes on uh, previewing the other games, and that's all we're going to do, so that we don't bore people to death. G'day, uh, g'day Vardy and Kempi on the chat, and J-Mac, nice to see you both join us. Right, for Vardy's, uh, um, this was Vardy's... Vardy magic? Well, it was Vardy's complaint, okay. And, uh, you know, he's he's one of our dyed-in-the-wool supporters. So uh, we listen when, when Vardy talks. So let's whiz through oh, this. Man. Let's whiz through this. Now, of course, we were the first match of round 15 on Tuesday, were we? Yeah, Tuesday night, uh, September the 1st. That's last Tuesday. Uh, and uh, our first win, 12-11-83 to Hawthorne, seven six forty eight. Of course, we will... Um, talk about that more in a minute. Uh, we were part of a double header though, and the second game on that Tuesday night was West Coast Essendon, and West Coast got up uh, nine goals six sixty to Essendon six nine forty five. There a margin of uh, fifteen points, uh, pretty much uh, as you would expect. Mac, I would have thought that game. Not much to talk about there. Nope, not much to talk about at all. Uh, the next game was on the Wednesday, and it was Richmond versus the Dockers. Pretty disappointing game, really, um, I thought. Uh, Richmond getting up comfortably, 8-8-56, uh, to the Dockers, 4-5-29. And, of course, that match, the result of which caused the uh, Richmond boys to go out to, on on, uh, on a night out to the strip club. Yeah, they were given a few days off, uh, three days off, as I understand it, and um, they really made the most of it, going off to a strip club, getting thrown out of that, getting into a fight and, uh, you know, and breaching all the COVID regulations at the same yeah. time. So, uh, 
Yeah, uh, bloody stupid. They've been uh, they've really been built with ten weeks uh, suspension, oh, yeah. and the club been yeah. built, but that's what happens. Never mind. Uh, on Thursday, last Thursday, we had the Swannies ten seven sixty seven getting up over a very disappointing Melbourne six ten forty six, a margin of twenty one, and Melbourne uh, just. I don't know what's what. I'd hate to follow Melbourne. I really would hate to follow. I, well, I, was gonna, I was going to make that very point, Fane, that I'd hate. You know, like oh, my heart actually goes out to Melbourne supporters because we can sort of half relate to it. Yeah. But, I mean, even when they're at their very, very best and they've got good players in their side, they could absolutely come out and turn out just a just, weak need effort like they did and go under when it's so important to them. So just yeah, terrible, I, terrible team. Couldn't couldn't stand it. Uh, and another team I couldn't stand is Bloody Carlton, uh, not doing our GWS pick any good at all after uh, being a good nick for most of the game. GWS just turned it on for five or ten minutes, and that was the end of it. Getting up six twelve forty eight to Carlton five nine thirty nine in the end. Yeah, looking at that game from the point of view of what we our next game, um, the, uh, GWS they were shocking for three quarters, absolutely yep. shocking. Yep. And they played one, like and they're playing. I think a pretty pathetic side in Carlton. And then they played one good quarter of football, and they won it. And I'm really worried that we might beat GWS. Oh well, yeah. Um, but isn't that's not a bad thing though, is it? If we beat GWS, talk me through that. Well, the problem is we've worked bloody hard all season to get and pick one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, we won't lose and pick now one. We've, we beat GWS and we're not. We won't. We won't lose pick one. We won't win our last three games. Um, and uh, we've only we, got a gap of two now. We've only got a gap of two, and if we win, we also our percentage will improve. Yeah. So we we can't afford to win three games. We can only win two. Yeah, but if we beat the Giants by a point, that'll be the best case scenario, won't it? My preference would be to lose. <laughs> <laughs> Just to mathematically sew up uh, pick one. Fair yes. enough, fair enough. All right, and then on Friday night we had uh, the Lions and Collingwood battling out a fairly lacklustre game. Mate, this game uh, showed me what the um, what the grand final was going to be like. It was dewy, it was sweaty, um, and it was as a consequence. I don't often agree with Kane Corns, but he came out today and said that it was going to be uh, a low-skill grand final and not a great spectacle. I tend to agree with him because uh, 6-6 to 5-4 in otherwise perfect conditions against uh, between two top sides, not a great spectacle. Well, you know, I hadn't actually hadn't read the papers today. I didn't get a chance to with all the people hanging around and, and you know, being social and all <laughs> how, the rest how, of it. How dare they but, come and celebrate Father's Day with you, Matt? How yeah, dare they? But having, <laughs> that was good. Uh, but having said that, um, I'm glad you said what you did and I'm glad he said what he did because, to me, I've been saying all day today, yeah. that particular game showed us that the, that the AFL have made a major mistake in and the way our game is going to be presented overseas uh, to as a spectacle uh, and as a sport uh, because it, when you play on that particular ga- uh, ground, it, I mean, it's a shithouse-looking ground. It looks old yeah. and dilapidated anyhow. Yeah. That's the first thing. Whereas you could have looked at a real snazzy when they laid over, which is what if it's one of the very best in the world, if not the best in the world. And had a lot of use. And then at night time, as soon as you that sun goes under there, the dew comes down there, and you're yeah. playing wet weather football, uh, even on a dry day, and it's going to be as, as you said. Agreed. That's what that's what 
That's what they're going to present in the grand final. It's going to be terrible. And it's yeah. an absolutely stupid uh, decision by Well, the I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a decision based on necessity to a degree, but also a little bit of political correctness as well. Um, it's not only the Jew, it's the sweat. They all come, like, they're all dripping with sweat after five minutes and it just the whole thing is just... It's just like they've had a swim in bloody lubricant or something. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, well, and they might have. Yeah, well, uh, well oh, no, there was a Sydney stack joke there. But no. Uh, so anyway, on Saturday we had uh, the power getting up over a pretty disappointing North Melbourne, who are our main uh, opponents for pick one. Port 11-12-78 to North 6-6-42, a margin there of 36 points. Uh, Port looked like finishing top now. Um and uh, looked pretty good, I thought, but uh, uh, not invincible. But they looked pretty good against a pretty ordinary team. They'll finish minor premiers, um, and they're a pretty good team, and they're, they're vulnerable in two areas. Uh, if you can cut out uh, the big boy up at forward, and also get your attack going, because they don't have a tall marking uh, defender down the back; they're a bit short down back. So yep. I think they're vulnerable to the very good teams. But they are a good team. Yep, agree, agreed. Um, and then uh, today um, we had uh, St Kilda getting up eleven fourteen eighty to Hawthorne nine twelve sixty six. Hawthorne performing a little bit better, but uh, clearly buggered. And St Kilda probably were looking for a bigger win than that. But I guess a win's a win at this end of the year. Yeah, you know, just a game. Yep, and uh, the Geelong Essendon game was bloody terrible. Seventy-six-one hundred eight to five-twelve forty-two. Geelong easy winners there uh, by sixty-six points, and uh, the only interest from mine was the fact that JJ got a run. And he was, and, <laughs> and look, he, he wasn't hopeless, but he also he, he's <laughs> he's, no, he's no star. And uh, the other thing with the run said about real. We mentioned, yeah, he was in the rugby. I, I don't think, he, I don't know whether he got a tap or not. Um, but, got six, uh, I think. We mentioned about being a Melbourne supporter. How would you like to be a Bomber supporter? Every year, oh, the same no, old terrible, story. Terrible, terrible. Gone are the uh, halcyon days of uh, the uh, 80s and 90s for the Bombers. Uh, long way back for that club after their debacle a few years ago. And the game in progress at the moment uh, looks to be pretty tight. West Coast 6440, uh, Bulldogs 51242. Uh, sorry, uh, West Coast Eagles just got a goal. So seven four forty six to the Bulldogs five twelve forty two. West Coast by four, seventeen and a half minutes in, and we'll check back into that game uh, in a little minute. So uh, and thanks to afl.com.au. Obviously, given that it was Father's Day, I didn't have time to do graphics, so we're just using their website today. So I hope people don't mind about that. Uh, looking at the ladder, Mac. Um, most teams now on, I oh don't know, there's probably half and half, 15 and 14. We'll look at the top eight. We've got Port and Geelong, uh, both on 15 games. Port on 48 points. Geelong on 44, along with Brisbane on 44 with the game in hand. Richmond on 42. Uh, West Coast, 40. And if they get up, they'll get up to 44 and uh, probably go into second, third place, sort of third or fourth place, something like that. Uh, St Kilda on 36, Collingwood still in the 8 despite their form on 34, the Giants hanging in there on 32 with a game in hand, Melbourne out of the 8 on 28 and not looking like it at the moment, 
Western Bulldogs also on 28. If they can squeak a win there, they will go ahead maybe of the Giants, or it might be tight. Uh, Essendon on 26, uh, Carlton on 24, Gold Coast on 22, Frio, Sydney on 20, Hawthorne 16, North on 12, uh, doing their best to uh, snatch number one from us, and uh, the Crows with their first win and a healthy percentage boost on one win. Macca. So, uh, yeah, not much else to say about that. Let's just flick back quickly to the... uh, to the West Coast uh, Bulldogs game. Still 46-42. Uh, the remaining games in the round, we got Melbourne v Frio on Monday night. we got us and the Giants on Tuesday night, along with Carlton and Sydney. we got another 5-10 on Tuesday. What's going on with that? Uh, and then Wednesday, to finish the round, we've got uh, Lions and Suns. Another I really don't understand that 5-10 minutes. I just don't understand it at all. Oh, it's because they have to fit in the double header. That's the problem. Because you've got the Carlton City oh, game at 7.40. Yeah, so, gotcha. uh, yeah. Uh, so there you go. Anyway, let's go back to the beginning of all of that and look at the Adelaide game. And it was, as I mentioned, Adelaide 12.11.83 to Hawthorne 7.6.48. A margin there in the end of 35 points was uh, pretty good by the Crows. Uh and uh, just short, my, my early thoughts on that, Mac, was just that it was a good team performance for four quarters. Yeah, it, it was. It. And, you know, you can say that the uh, defence played well, and it did, and the mids played well, and uh, we had the forwards flashing in and out of the game. So, as you say, it was a pretty good team effort. It wasn't a total surprise to me because um, I thought that the two games prior to that, uh, if we go back, uh, two games prior to that game, I thought we showed a half of good football, and then the next week we showed three quarters of good football. Agreed. And when I when I looked at uh, Hawthorne and I looked at the day number of days rest that we had compared to Hawthorne, I found three dollars twenty with sports bet just too good to resist. Yes. And I yes. Then I cleaned up very nicely indeed. That's yes. the first footy bet I've had on Adelaide this year. Yeah, well, I must admit, uh, I uh, thought about doing the same. Uh, it was one of those games that just stuck out to me. Uh, Hawthorne coming off a short break. We had, as you said, some form, um, and uh, uh, it bore out that way. Just a reminder, if you want to listen to us uh, via the website and join in on Discord, uh, just go to livechat.com, uh, live chat at the aflcrowcast.com website, and away you go. There's a few people joining us, obviously, their kids don't care about them either, Macca, because they're here watching the bloody podcasts instead. <laughs> let's go and That's have a look good. at some. Let's have a look at some match stats uh, for the game. Uh, disposals very much in our favour, three twenty to two fifty five, um, and uh, for one of the few times, it was actually a good ploy, in my opinion, that our handballs were up uh, higher than our kicks because it was quite clear that uh, we've done enough homework to realise that the only way you get through uh, Hawthorne's rolling zone is to handball your way through it aggressively, and that's what we did. And we did, and mostly forward handballs as well. Yes, very much. It was it was, uh, it was uh, not the usual sort of hot potato stuff. It was decisive and aggressive and uh, trying to uh, make the play, and uh, it was a clear ploy because it, uh, our kick-to-handball ratio was far higher than it's been over the last few weeks, so... Uh, well done to the coaching staff, uh, as well as well done to the coaching staff for 
really ramping up and I was I will do this next week I just want to compare next week by video some of the center setups uh, that we've had over the past month Mac and I'm sure you've noticed it um, pardon me compared to the setups that we had earlier in the year it's like chalk it's like watching a different team it really is it was <laughs> about that well you know instead of the instead of the body up we, we're far more dynamic now. We're actually making opponents uh, think about what we're doing. And, yes, we do still give away some centre clearances, but it makes our centre clearances far more effective in terms of the outcome rather than just a kick over your head count as a clearance. It's actually a, a decisive running clearance from centre bounce, uh, you know, to to our advantage and, and gives our forwards some sort of a hope. Well, there's no doubt about that. You know, the, the, the guys that went through the midfield did very well in their own way. And, you know, um, uh, I just posed the question in the chat. Was it was Rob uh, O'Brien, was he, was, was he the the best man on the ground or was it Matty, Matty Crouch, the best on the ground? It was, for me, it was one of those two. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I thought Matt Crouch was a, a very complete game as a midfielder because not only did he get, get the ball... Uh, in an attacking sense, but he also his defensive side of his game was the best he's ever yeah. put out for the club, in my opinion. He's looking fitter, and we'll get into some players uh, in a bit more depth shortly. But certainly, Matty Crouch is looking a bit fitter as the season wears on. Uh, Forty-six to thirty-five inside fifties uh, earmarks our dominance uh, in the game. Uh, disposal efficiency was pretty good. Um, we our efficiency inside fifty was very good, sixty point nine percent compared to thirty seven point one uh, at stoppage. Um, we won hitouts fairly comfortably, thirty twenty two, thirty one clearances to twenty eight, which included twelve to eight in the centre, uh, which was where we had most of the dominance. So it was fairly even around stoppage. Um, contested possession one twenty eight to one hundred three, which was excellent considering we had a lot of uncontested possession, as I said, um, as we were trying to run the ball and spread Hawthorne's uh, little grid zone that they do. Uh, 190 to 145 uncontested ball. So it was really good to see that even though our game was much about running the ball aggressively, we still got in the coalface, Mac, and won that statistic pretty good. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, I think, you know, the interesting thing is that if you'd asked me three weeks ago what our game plan was, I, I couldn't have told you what it is. But there, there you can see now there is a, a game plan forming. And if you, re, if we are really realistic about it, in the sense that Nick's, Nick's has not really had a chance at all. No. He's come in cold, and he's got uh, lousy assistance. Um, he just and he doesn't have the, a, adequate support. But the COVID rules, you know, like you, in groups of ten, and yeah. how can you possibly get a, a a proper uh, system game when, you, when you've got to do it in small groups like that. And so the guys that probably done all right to actually get them to starting to look like a football team when you look at the circumstances he's trying to do it under. Oh, definitely. I mean, the game plan is a pretty simple one as it's evolved during the season. It's basically try and run the ball forward, as you mentioned, um, try to be aggressive with ball in hand and with your disposal. Uh, and I think given our previous style, Macca, um, which was very much hold the ball, kick down the line, you know, etc., etc., uh, slow switches, all that sort of stuff. 
Um, it's probably taken the group a little bit of getting used to, um, but I think one of the one of the decisive factors is uh, switching Laird into the midfield. I think he's added some aggressive ball movement to uh, that area of the ground, along with the uh, improved form of Matt Crouch um, uh, in terms of being that link and, and that, that uh, first uh, possession out of stoppage or out of congestion. Um but, you know, I mean, it's it's a very simple game plan. Uh, defensively, you can see that we're still vulnerable. I mean, Hawthorne got us out the back a couple of times and uh, we do tend to push up a little bit high, um, probably higher than Knicks would want, uh, just in our efforts to, to uh, you know, run in waves and get that overlap going. Um, but for now, it's probably the best Knicks can do, given the circumstances. Well, you know, there is no other way he can do it. I mean, he just has to uh, settle for Whatever game plan he can put together that suits what we've got, uh, and I think and I think he's, he's on the right track. And I think that next year, um, when he's got good assistance, when hopefully that the COVID restrictions are, are virtually zero, so that they can actually do proper match, you know match practices etc. at training, um, and they hopefully the games are spaced out so that they can actually. Because at the moment they, they don't have proper training sessions. No, that's um, right. So it's, it's everything's been against the guy. So um, I, I really won't be judging Nick by this season, and I think that he has got a game plan in mind, which is similar, similar to what you just said, and next year we'll start to see the benefits of that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, look, he needs support around him. There's no doubt about that. He needs support around him. Um, it, there's no doubt in my mind that... <laughs> in, oh, in, lots of support. I mean... Yeah. Better quality yeah. assistance would do for that for a start. But, you know, I'm hoping that they get a balm or somebody like that in. Somebody with a, a little bit of charisma and a little bit of uh, lots of know-how uh, to help him. Well, certainly. I mean, yes, Barmy would help uh, or any sort of uh, decisive um, uh, direction at that end or assistance in that end would, would help him. But he needs some quality assistance as well. I mean... We got Godden, who, uh, by all reports, is okay, but not setting the world on fire. And then we've got, a, you know, Brent Riley and a couple of others that are really just part time. And uh, and Ben Hart and Benny Hart, who uh, we've spoken about as ad nauseum. So he will benefit from having that. I just want to switch back quickly, uh, just to report to people that Western Bulldogs actually got up Macca. They got up by two points, six thirteen forty nine to uh, West Coast seven five forty seven. So. Uh, well done to the Bulldogs. Uh, Eagles fans wouldn't be good, uh, happy about that. And uh, Kempi isn't either because he just lost uh, lost a bet. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, no, Kempi, for saying good never, on him. Uh, never mind. But uh, at least with you, if you do back for the Bulldogs, most most games you get a decent run for your money. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You do. Um, look, uh, other stats. Uh, marks were exactly even, but uh, an important stat for mine was the marks inside 50, Mac, 14 to 6, and it wasn't because we were taking towering hangers going forward. It was actually because we were hitting targets, spotting up targets for once. Yeah, good ball usage, yeah. The ball usage was much better. Yeah, absolutely, and also more options. Um, I felt like uh, for a large part of the game we had a, quite an open forward line. I don't think Hawthorne quite had the legs to cover us up um, defensively, and so there were opportunities and there, were, there was space, um, and our blokes were willing to run into that space. Um, and our forward line looked as dynamic as it has done all year with McAdam and Stengel playing particularly well. Um, 
you know, uh, providing options. So that was good. Uh, contestant marks overall thirteen to six, which was good. Um, what else? Uh, defensively, tackles we uh, forty-two to fifty-two in Hawthorne's favour, but that's probably because we had more of the ball. Uh, they did lay more tackles inside fifty, um, and I think that was indicative of the fact that we were trying to be quite aggressive. So there wasn't a lot of congestion in our forward line. Mac and I think uh, whereas we were uh, able to uh, I don't know uh, uh, Hawthorne Hawthorne were able to uh, lock us down a little bit more than we were in the in our defensive uh, sorry in our forward fifty. Uh, what else? That's about it. Well, really, one one very significant thing about the game, the game, the way the game, and the way we entered the the forward line as well. And the way and the way we structured up in the forward line was the the little guys had a lot to say in up in the forward lines and uh, you know Stengel and McAdam and even Lockie Murphy at times um, uh, they you know I thought they gave made it gave us a pretty uh, potent forward line. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty true. Um, it seemed to me that uh, there were just more options. Uh, for the Crows than there has been in the past. And the other thing that we were doing, Macro, as I mentioned earlier, we weren't just bombing it in. Um, we seemed to have a little bit more system going forward and we are trying to spot up targets. And when you actually had a look at where we were having our shots for goal, um, they were in that uh, 30 to 50 metre range, which means that we were lowering our eyes a little bit more rather than kicking it in really deep. Um, and I yeah. think that worked well for us. Himmelberg played quite high for most of the game. Um, and we relied on uh, Fogarty deep, uh, Tex at times also deep, but certainly those spot-ups sort of 30 to 50 out was where we were getting most of our results, um, which well, is also a little bit of a change. They, I would say it's the first time those three have worked in tandem a lot better. They, they had, in the, the, the way they were structured and the way they worked it was a lot better than normal. Normally they get in each other's way, but they didn't this time. Very true. Very true. Let's have a look at some stats. Uh, again, courtesy of afl.com.au. Thank you very much to them. Uh, Matt Crouch, 32 touches, uh, 8 kicks and 24 handballs. My goodness. Um, uh, but what seemed to be more effective, 5 tackles, um, 5 clearances. Um, you know, only gained us the 98 metres, but he very much proved to be the length man, didn't he? Very much so, very much so. Now, as I say, um, it's the best game he's played for us this year. It probably almost goes right back to when he went, when he was our BNF and uh, uh, when he won the BNF, right back to those days. Yep. Um, just just looked a little bit more dynamic uh, with ball in hand. Didn't be didn't seem to be as sluggish. Um, didn't seem to be as under the pump. I guess you'd say. Um, I don't know. He just—he just looks fitter to me, Mac. Well, he was. He was sharper. Is really the word you're looking for. He's, he's a lot sharper with it and more decisive with everything he did, rather than just sort of rambling around looking for something at at, at random. He, he knew what he was going to do, and I thought he, I thought he did it well. Yeah, uh, I think that's very true. Look, he had um, uh, what do you have? One inside fifty. He had uh, three centre clearances. He had ten score involvements, which is what I like to see. Um, if you have a look at um, his season average in terms of score involvements, his usual score involvement is 3.8 average for the season, uh, and he had 10 for this match, which is uh, exactly what you want, Mac. Um, yeah, absolutely, yeah. 
So 11 contested possessions, 21 uncontested possessions. So quite a good game uh, from uh, Mr. Crouch. Uh, Brad, his brother. I think of Brad's yeah, game. I thought it's pretty, pretty dynamic. Pretty dynamic, I thought. 27 touches, 13 kicks, 14 handballs, which is good for Brad. Uh, he can get a bit handball happy at times. Four uh, tackles, uh, eight clearances, which is excellent. 432 metres gained, which uh, is excellent uh, from Brad. Only had 72% time on ground, which you'd expect coming back from an injury. Uh, he had four inside 50s, three, uh, five centre clearances, five score involvements, um, and 12 contested possessions. So... Look, the only thing that I would say uh, with regards to Brad is that I felt that he did burn it a little bit. Only well, he's never been, he never had a high percentage in his efficiency. Um, no. But um, sometimes out of those inefficient kicks that, that scores to result because of, they're so bad that, <laughs> that nobody can anticipate where they're going to. But yeah. um, 55%, you want him to be higher than that, mate. You want him to be up in the in the high sixties, at the Actually, very least. I think even that is higher than his average, isn't it? Uh, Fifty-five. Uh, let's have a look at his uh, season average. Season average sixty-one point nine, so sixty-two. So a little no, bit down. No, sorry, I'm being too kind. Then. Yeah, uh, uh, but, but but I do like the way that he, he you know he dashed out of the centre at times. It just sort of gives you that idea of real momentum coming out of there and. Uh, he wouldn't have done his uh, trade value. I'm not going to say his trade value, but his uh, compensation value any harm, would he? Well, no. And uh, if you're to believe the reports, uh, he's pretty much signed on the dotted line somewhere. Um, I don't know. I reckon the team that we played might be very keen on him, to be honest with you. Um, Rory Laird, uh, 25 posies, 8 and 17. Uh, so, again, a little bit handball happy from Rory. Uh, one mark, three tackles, uh, two clearances, three oh four meters gained. Um, I didn't mind Leary's game. He had uh, six inside fifties, six score involvements, um, and uh, went at seventy two percent disposal efficiency with nine contested possessions. So played quite outside uh, by his own standards, um, but I thought he did quite well. Well, he's you know he has been a good move putting him in there, but the only criticism I had of his game there were about two or three times when he was in trouble and he had no hesitation in giving it to somebody else in trouble. Um, and he did that either two or three times in the game, but apart from that, his game was pretty good. Yeah, it does that uh, a bit, uh, Lady, but uh, well, I think he's transfers been... a problem fee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, makes it thanks, Dwayne. Uh, makes it somebody else's problem. Um, but uh, look, I. I just think he's made a bit of a difference since he's been in the middle, and I hope they persist with that because I think with a little bit more coordination with that midfield group and a couple of additions, I think uh, he could turn into an integral part, and he's more value to us in there than he is kicking sky balls off half-back, don't you reckon? Yeah, well, when you've got a, a midfield when you're passing through with both Crouches and with Sloan, um, people like, and, uh, and Laird... Uh, people like uh, Schoenberg, well, all of a sudden, you know, it, it makes their game a lot easier too. And also sets a, a very good example. But Schoenberg is actually looking quite mature in there at the moment. Oh, Schoenberg's excellent. No doubt about it, Mac. He's uh, got a lot to offer, Harry Schoenberg, and we'll talk about him some more in a sec. Apologies, uh, 
to those watching, I'm currently frozen <laughs> on the screen because uh, something's happened to my camera. Anyway, never mind. Benny Keys, uh, another solid, consistent game. 22 posies, uh, 9 kicks, 13 handballs. He had the two tackles, the three clearances, uh, gave us 214 metres gained. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Four inside 50s, nine score involvements, um, and uh, eight contested possessions. He just keeps rolling on, Ben Keys, and he's another one who uh, I think has been a really solid addition and probably a bit surprising in terms of being an addition in our uh, midfield rotations, but uh, certainly a good pick-up uh, for the Crows. Been a great get, actually, a real, really great, great get, because even when others weren't going in hard for the ball he in, early in the piece, he was, and uh, I thought he said, you know, set a very good standard uh, uh that others should strive to to, uh, to achieve. You know, he risks his own body lots of times, and he goes, as I said, he's a, he's a bit of a tagger, and he doesn't do a bad job of that. He shut down some good players, but he's also a tagger that gets a ball. And that's what I like about him. And uh, as I said, not not frightened to take to take on physicality in the process. Agreed, Maka. Agreed. Um... I just think, you know, uh, when you think about the fact that he's come from uh, a program that uh, was very strong in the midfield, very strong, um, that uh, uh, it just shows that a little bit of perseverance. It's not dissimilar, I don't think, to a Jared Lyons going uh, to another club after having been, you know, part of a very strong midfield when Danger and, and Sloaney and that were, were on song with our midfield and Jared just couldn't break in. I think Benny Keys is probably a similar proposition, to be honest. Yep, I agree with you. Yep. Uh, right, who we got now? Hmm. Brody Smith, 22 touches, 13 and 9. Gained us 500 metres. Um, I thought Brody tried quite hard. Um, but what I would say about Brody is that even though his... Um, his disposal efficiency was up around 77. I just didn't feel like he used the ball terribly well. Maybe that was just an incorrect observation on my behalf. Yeah, well, I, I thought he had a reasonable game. You know, he, got a, he gets a pass anyhow. Yeah, look, I mean, he did a lot of things, right? Four inside 50s, uh, nine score involvements, uh, five contested possessions. I do like him off half-back. I don't think he's anything but a running half-back, Macca. Um, and uh, I felt that he played his role pretty well. Um, so I guess that's all you can ask. I, you know, we talked last week in our uh, epic gab fest uh, about, uh, well, I did anyway, about trading him, but, uh, you know, we probably need that experience off halfback, so no, uh, whatever. We won't be trading him. We won't be trading him. Please. Whatever. Uh, best on ground for me, Raleigh O'Brien. Uh, 19 disposals, 11 8. Uh, had eight marks, two tackles. 26 hit-outs, uh, gained us 320 metres, the big ruckman. Um, also uh, had, oh God, what are I doing here? Five contested marks. He, his contested marking marker is really improving, in my opinion. Four inside 50s, uh, he had seven score involvements, uh, six intercepts, uh, 12 contested possessions. Um, just a very, very good game from the big man. Well, he is, look, he's a contested, con, uh, contesting beast, isn't he? And he is. Whether that, it doesn't matter whether the ball's in the air or on the ground. I mean, he goes 100%. And uh, look, 
I would agree with those who say he was best on ground. I'd also agree with those who say Matt Crouch was best on ground because mm. they were both excellent games in their own right. And it's just a, how do you value each of them? And uh, nobody's right or wrong in that case. If you say it's going to be O'Brien, you're, you're correct. And yeah. uh, because, he, you know, I thought he couldn't have done much better than he did. He was good. I agree. Look, of the rest, uh, I thought Sloaney was serviceable. I th- a lot of people said uh, in, in places like Big Footy that Sloaney had a bad game. I thought Sloaney played a right. Um, 18 touches, 8 and 10, um, 5 clearances. Um, I, I feel like Rory's just working back into a little bit of form. I think he might be carrying something, but I didn't think it was a bad game from Sloaney. No, I thought it was... I described it i describe it as a youthful game. You know, it was youthful. And uh, I, I reckon you're right. I think he's definitely carrying something and has been carrying something all season because he just doesn't have that sharpness about him that no. he normally has. But uh, but having said that, he, he never lacked courage and he never lacked effort. And I thought, he, you know, he was youthful. Yep. Um, and... Uh... Again, he doesn't stop trying ever. Um, Himmelberg continues to improve, uh, and I felt, um, whilst he's still not clunking a lot of marks, uh, he only took four for the game, I just feel like he's starting to show us his value at ground level, Macca. Um, 16 posies, 7 and 9, uh, took four marks, as I mentioned, uh, four hitouts in the ruck, uh, gained us 237. Uh, but the thing I liked about Himmelberg was his ability to dish off at ground level. He had five score involvements, eight contested possessions. Um, and uh, look, at this stage, he's showing something. He's showing something, and if he can if he can work on his upper body strength and his marking technique, um, he'll be an asset. Well... You and I will have to eat our words because we, we did say probably about halfway through the season, he, he's gone, he won't be here next oh, year. Oh, well, no. I mean, Nick and I, and I mean, Mrs. Himmelberg, uh, a.k.a. Nicky, and I, yeah. and Peter Jay when he was on as well, we've been on Himmelberg's uh, bandwagon for about two years and, and it was basically the moment I jumped off that he had a little, he had a little breakout game. It was the moment <laughs> I jumped off. Um, because he has shown a lot of promise and it's only been in the last probably 12 months that he's really started to have difficulty overhead um, and I'm not sure why that is. Uh, and it just needs someone like a like a, uh, a duck carry or someone like that just to come down and show him how to mark and I hope they really do focus on his marking technique because if he starts taking some marks... Uh, given his skill at ground level and his overall awareness, um, you know, he doesn't get flustered in tight and he's good, as I said, below his knees. He's a one-touch player below his knees and he does give some really deft little, little touches. Um, if they can get him to mark the ball, he'll, he'll be a real asset, in my opinion. Yeah, he'll definitely be there next year. I mean... Uh, oh, no doubt. I've written it. I'd redeem him off as a departure halfway through the season, but yeah. but his but his last half of the season has been really good, and as you say, he's showing a, a lot. Both not, he's almost marking him in the air. Sometimes he has marked him, uh, yeah. and uh, he's been quite handy as a relief ruckman. And as you say, he, at ground level, he, he performs well for a big guy, and also what's around him. So you know, with the score involvements, etc. So he, he's a, he's a definite keeper, and. Uh, Somebody said he's learning from Ben Hart. I don't think so. Um, but, uh, <laughs> no, definite keeper. 
Yep. Um, yeah. Um, someone's saying in the chat that Frampton played well in the scratch match against uh, Port. Uh, big step up. Uh, the thing I worries me about Frampton is just his lack of pace. He, I mean, Himmelberg's not a sprint king, but uh, Billy's probably more aggressive, but uh, lacks a bit of polish and is probably a touch slower than Elliot. So, um, yeah, good backup if nothing else. I still don't understand why we got Billy on a three-year deal. But anyway, moving on. Uh, DMAC. Now, DMAC's an interesting one, isn't he? Because he, he got his usual 15 touches, nine and six, uh, five marks. Uh, uh, 383 metres gained. Uh, but uh, I, I thought his contribution was excellent. Three inside 50s, uh, four intercepts, uh, 80% disposal efficiency. I, You know... You can say what you like about David McKay, but he keeps cracking in, and uh, I thought he was, uh, you know, it was a very good performance by David, and it's going to be very interesting to see what the club do with him. Well, exactly. When I was watching the game, and I said to my missus, uh, this poor Barcy has been a whipping boy for umpteen years, and at the moment he's probably playing as good of a football as he's ever played in his career at age 34. And um, I think he's 34. And... It's an interesting what the, what they're going to do with him because it, seriously, I thought he played very he's played very well the last two or three weeks. And it, um, yeah. yeah, I thought he played really well this last week. And yeah, um, but we the problem is the position he plays is where we've got about three young blokes trying to get that well, spot. So that, that's the thing, uh, and he doesn't strike me as one of those mature age players who will teach. Um, you know, I. I don't know. He, he's a lovely bloke. We all know that because we've spoken to him on this cast, and uh, top he guy. presents top himself guy. very well and uh, always in good condition uh, and tries his guts out. But I don't think he's a teacher, so I don't know what he's got to offer blokes like Lockie Scholl and, and Will Hamill and those those lads off half back. Um, but probably, uh, Nicky said last week, maybe a, a good captain for the SANFL team it wouldn't be the worst thing. A little bit of backup, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, now, what do you think of Chase's game? 13 touches, 5 and 8, uh, 2 marks, kicked a couple of goals too, uh, 109 metres gained. Um, I'm not willing to let Chase off the hook too much here. Two inside 50s, um, three score involvements, uh, six contested possessions. What, uh, give me your honest opinion of Chase's game. Um, I think, well, to be honest, I thought... It's the best game he's played for some time, yet it's not an outstanding game. So, um, but he, there are signs that that he will develop a good game. And I suppose what I'd say is I was encouraged, not totally convinced, but I was encouraged to think that maybe we haven't made a mistake and he'll end up as a good player. That there there are little bits and pieces about him that. Uh, and now and again, he'll lay over this uh, frantic tackle. Now and again, he'll he'll burst. And now and again, he'll put a nice pass in. Mm. So I, I think there's bits and pieces of the package, and he's just uh, he has just got to get all that together. And, and maybe he's just to be a slow developer. And I don't know that he's ever going to be a top liner, but I think he's going to be a lot better than what we're seeing because he has got the weapons there. It's just a matter of putting them all together. One one concern that I had about Chase's game, and I, I spoke this with Cam this afternoon and he didn't see it, so maybe I'm just being a little bit too harsh. And we know that he doesn't mind cracking in, but 
I noticed a couple of times when he was first to the ball or going to be first to the ball and he was a bit open in terms of physically open if you know what I mean that he was a little bit uh, aware of contact I wouldn't say he was playing mm-hmm. scared macker but I felt like he was a little bit tentative under the, in those situations where he had to go down to get the ball, leaving himself physically open for contact. Do you, do you know what I mean? I understand what you mean. Uh, I I don't know that I actually saw that. Um, it might well be I, it was there, but I put it down to slower reactions rather than not wanting yeah. to go there. Because um, I have seen him go to some pretty uh, well, spots I don't really want to go to. Yeah, well, that that's it. And uh, not for one moment do I think that he was playing scared or anything like that. Not at all. But I just felt like, uh, and I might, if if I've, you know, got nothing else to do, I might go back and have another look. But I could have been saying things. But the only reason I say it is because it, it, it jumped out at me a couple of times. I thought, oh, that's unusual like for him to, to do that. And it was only a little glance up or a little turn or a little hesitation but I just wonder whether he's copped a couple of hits and maybe uh, is a little bit sore um, and perhaps just needs to, you know, we all know that he needs to um, to build up his body strength. That's uh, no no doubt about that. No question at all. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Mac. I, uh, it's just something, as I said, that just jumped out at me. Yeah, but one thing I do have to say, and I know we've said it many, many times before, that particular draft, when I look at we've got Chase oh, and we've stinker. got Buddy McHenry, you know, who's knee-high to a grasshopper, and then I watch the Port game, and, and it's just time Butters is always mm. with the, the third one, the distant third one, dominating the game, and uh, I just think, geez, how long did we get it? Yeah, stinker, stinker. Uh, look, Lockie Murphy, 13 and 9, uh, sorry, 9 and 4 for 13. Uh, we know what we're going to get from Murphy. We're going to get a good, solid effort. I thought he played a little bit higher than he has done in the past, uh, more up around Definitely the did. rings. Yeah, uh, even in defence at times. Yes, uh, had three inside 50s and seven score involvements, Mac. You can't knock that uh, from Lockie Murphy. I'm still not quite sure what role he plays um, going forward. But um, he certainly put in a good effort. Um, it was probably more effective with what he with the touches that he had, than I would say he's been in in past matches. Um, you know, over, yeah, overall, I don't think he's been that bad this year. Um, no. But um, this is probably yeah, it's, it's probably the way he played is the way he's played most games, but probably just slightly better. Yeah, good out of Jad on uh, YouTube chat. Thanks for joining us, mate. Um, yeah, look, it's always just been a little bit of a quandary to me where Lockie Murphy fits. And to be perfectly honest with you, I I almost see him as a uh, as a defensive option, like a deep defensive option. If something happens to Luke Brown, um, and we've said a couple of times that we think Brown might be playing a little bit injured, if uh, I, you know he probably doesn't have the right height, but he does compete well in the air. And uh, I don't know, maybe he's a he's a back pocket option or something. Uh, speaking of small blokes, Sengel I thought was really good. Um, had 12 uh, posies, um, four marks. Uh, kicked How many goals did he kick? He kicked a couple of goals. Get, didn't he? He one goal, two. two he kicked, no, one goal, two he got in the end. 
Oh, we probably should have got two. Should have got two. He missed that. He missed that first one. But he also did uh, help get a couple more goals as well he, in terms of the score involvement. So he, I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, eight, eight score involvements he had for the game, which is excellent. Um, three contested possessions. He's uh, he's looking fit and uh, he's looking nippy, and uh, he looks like he knows uh, he knows where the goals are by and large, and uh, he he's enough of a worry for, for opposition teams to have to put some work into him up forward, so, and that's all you want from your small forward. Uh, Harry Schomburg again showed us glimpses of uh, the future Brownlow medalist that he's going to be. Uh, there you go. I'm putting my uh, house on the line with Harry Schomburg. Okay. <laughs> if, if he has yeah. a season where he averages 25 posies, Harry Schomburg, he will win a Brownlow medal by a streak. No doubt well, about that- it in my mind. Well, that's a big, big, big statement. I, I hope you're right. No doubt. I, again, I obviously Cam was here this afternoon and I made the same statement to him and he nearly fell off my new lounge. Um, but uh, he's, got a, he's, got a, he's got a brilliant temperament for a lad of his oh, age. Look, absolutely brilliant temperament. I love the fact that he wasn't taking any shit from any of the Hawthorne players, even though he's a kid. Obviously, I'm getting at, yeah. You know, obviously benefiting from the fact that... Um, that uh, he's played against men in the Riverland or wherever that was in the country leagues, um, but I just there's a bit of Darren Jarman about Harry Schoenberg in my opinion. He's got time. He uses the ball really well. He's got great football IQ. Um, if he builds a tank, Maka. If he builds a tank the way that uh, D Jarman was able to build a tank under Neil Craig when he came back from Hawthorne and has an impact and as I said if he gets if he starts averaging over 20-25 touches a game the way he uses the ball he will be a Brownlow medalist uh, five well, scoring five scoring involvements 81.8% uh, disposal efficiency Macca six contested yeah, possessions good. he is a beauty Harry Schoenberg uh, Lockie Scholl uh, played alright um, his uh, kicking is going to be uh, a feature of his game going forward uh, he's obviously fantastic off both sides um, and uh, I thought he played pretty well Shane McAdam gave us another highlight kicked the goal Mr. Sitter um, uh, he's another one uh, when you have a look at where he where he came from in that whole pick swap scenario with uh, McGovern I reckon would be uh, miles in front at the moment Absolutely, and you wait till next year um, when this guy got another good uh, preseason behind him, and a pro- you know, and hopefully a proper team preseason behind yeah. him. Uh, he, he he can do some outstanding things for a guy his size. Oh, well, he's a typical McAdam, isn't he? I mean, they just they're mercurial yeah, the McAdams. Yeah, it doesn't matter who comment. they are. I reckon Mrs. McAdam could come out and uh, <laughs> take a hanger and. <laughs> <laughs> Take a specky over just the top. A, just in the yeah. bloody jeans with the McAdam, but he's great to watch, and uh, he's getting the pace of the game now. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a concern about his durability, uh, so hopefully another preseason under his belt and a, maybe a bit of work in the uh, strength and conditioning department uh, will assist him. But uh, he's fun to watch. Uh, what do you think of Fogarty? I thought he was quiet again. Uh, only the nine touches, three and six. Um, Yep, uh, uh, I've said enough. Didn't do enough, but, but I thought he was intimidated. He was a little bit intimidating as well down there. So um, yeah. I, I thought that the the, the Himmelberg uh, Walker uh, Fogarty trio, as it, I thought it functioned as good as it has functioned. Um, 
It's not. The, I don't. It's definitely not the ideal setup. But I think it, it's as good as it did. Fun- it did function as good as it can. Yeah, you know? I think. I think there was enough spacing between Darcy and Tex to make it work. Um, yeah, there Darcy was, had that's, eight, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, eight contested positives for Darcy and five score involvement. So that's not. That's not bad. Um, you know. I, I, look, I think Fogg's got some work to do over the off-season and it's going to be a measure of his uh, commitment and character as to how much work he does in the off-season. He's trimmed down a bit. I think he needs to trim down some more. Um, and uh, He's got to trim down a lot. No, a lot, Fane. He's got to trim, trim down a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because um, okay, he, had, he had one burst in the midfield and did not look out of place for one moment uh, in, when he was there. And I'd like to, I still go, I can see if you could get him to have the stamina of, uh, of a midfielder, he'd make a very good midfielder. I mean, that, I get it. I, I do get it. Um, but do you honestly think that he's going to build that sort of a tank? Up to him. I, I, I wouldn't, I don't know whether he will or not because I don't know whether he's got that desire in him or not. And, uh, if he if he if he wanted to be, he could be a frightening midfielder. Yeah, Patrick in the in the YouTube chat asked whether Fog McDonald and Himmelberg could work. Um, yeah, interesting. You know, uh, if if you play Fogarty as a high half forward or as a lead-up forward uh, with McDonald sitting in behind and you're playing Himmelberg up the ground a bit, I think it could work. I don't know. I reckon one thing, if we do get Logan McDonald in uh, through this year's uh, draft period, it's going to put a hell of a lot of pressure on Fogarty because they're not dissimilar. Logan McDonald is not a big towering tall like Ryan Tilthorpe. Um, He's more of a bustling leading forward. Um, so not dissimilar in the way that they play. Um, interesting. Well, you know, I actually did a bit of research while this week because last week we were talking about what draft picks, etc. And you convinced me about um, uh, McDonald. You like or him? Ronald. Yeah, I do. I do like him. And uh, I think he probably is the right man to take. Um, and uh, also the other guy you were talking about for the mids. Nathan O'Driscoll? No, no, not that one. No, oh, um, the, the young lad from Woodville West Torrens, uh, Poulter. No, no, no. The one, the, the one is the ob- the obvious one. Uh, Elijah oh, Holland. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I didn't that, say that. That'd be the t- no. Sorry, I, you, you didn't. You you came up with McDonald and yeah. no, I, I I'd have. I think that. Uh, it's only my thoughts, and uh, I don't know what the club thinks, but uh, I think the Western Australian boys are what I w- I'd be taking, and uh, plus Holland. Yeah, um, I mean that's a discussion for another time. I think Logan McDonald is uh, a dead set cert. So I, I don't, I don't think there's any way. Yeah, I don't think you miss him, um, but it do, it will put pressure on Fogarty. Um, no doubt about it in my mind. It'll put pressure on Fog um, because they're not dissimilar, are they, Mac? In the way they play. No, I, I accept that. Um, accept that, but I still think, and, and I know that a lot of people doubt it and, uh, and understand why they doubt it because when you see Fog out there, he hasn't got the running capacity of a midfielder by a long, long chalk. 
But Jesus, he's, got, he's carrying so much muscle and so much weight that he need not be carrying to be out there. He'd yeah. be much more dangerous with a lot, lot less weight on him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And actually, he's quite, um, you know, he could be, a, he could be a Rusciuto, uh Fogarty if he ran through the midfield. I, but I, I, I honestly, look how I see him. That's how I see him. The the problem for me, Mac, is that I, I don't see a lad who is I, well, I, I see a lad who is who is very naturally talented at playing the game of football and has been able to rely on that talent and get away with just using that talent um, yeah, cruising. for his cruising. career. And as I said, it's going to be an indication of his motivation to be a top-line AFL footballer. He's got to make a decision. Does he just want to play, have an AFL career or does he want to be um, you know, one of the stars of the AFL? Because he's got the natural ability to be a star of the AFL. Um, but we all know... But it's not always the most talented that end up being the stars of the game. Um, you know, it's often the most committed. So it'll be up to Darcy, in my view. It'll always be the, it'll always be the most committed. Always. Yeah. Uh, who else have we got? Um, look, I think that's it. Um, the the two down the bottom there uh, were probably the disappointing ones for mine. Jake Kelly had a mare. Um, and Miles Boholke similarly didn't have any impact um, <laughs> on the game. No. And I think, no. to, to be honest, uh, given our discussions last week, um, and uh, just for those listening, if you did miss the list management show last week, it's pretty long, but I've uh, on YouTube I've, I think I've put some, uh, some uh, timestamps on there. Uh, certainly uh, there's some Discord problems in the first... 45, 50 minutes or so, but after that it clears out. Well worth flicking through that. But Mac Miles, I think, is... I don't know whether they continue to run him for the end of the year. We've got probably Will Hammer to come back shortly. Um, and uh, I I think that might be it for Miles. No, he, he's not AFL standing uh, on a long-term basis. He doesn't... Look, he, he What he does, he does okay. He just doesn't do very much at all. That's a problem. Yeah, so um, you, can't, you can't hold a spot in AFL on on that basis. And no, look, so I think I think he'll be an excellent um, state league player. Um, unfortunately, I don't think top, yeah, top sample player. Team, yeah, top uh, hasn't got the turn of speed or the quickness of mind uh, to be able to. Uh, and it's a shame because I really rated him when he came in, and I think he's got a lot of good tools, but. Uh, you know, it's, it's the sum of the parts for Miles. Uh, you know, he doesn't quite work in any position that you put him in. Um, Jake Kelly's the other one. Uh, has he checked out mentally, Jake Kelly? He's, he's, <laughs> he's had a stinker the last few weeks. He, well, he certainly has been out of form, hasn't he? And uh, the rumours are that he, he wants a clearance. Um, though I think he's, he's still contracted for next year, isn't he? Or is he out of contract, mate? Jake Kelly? Oh, God, I can't remember. I'd have to... Uh, have a quick look for you, Mac. Um, well, you uh, imagine it's normally the, the walking librarian out there. <laughs> uh, let me just have a quick look here. Uh, uh, no, I think Kelly's Kelly's still in contract. He's not coming out of contract uh, yeah. in 2020. He's... Uh, when is he coming out? Uh, he's coming, in con- coming. He's a restricted free agent next year. Yeah, and I, and I, you know, if we could get something from him, I'd trade him off this year. Would you? 
Yeah, I would. Um, look, we've got some. We've got some good boys uh, to learn uh, their role down back. I mean, Butts, uh, is for example, take to take uh, Kelly's place. Yeah, uh, we, I mean, obviously, Duday's not on the team. Uh, Duday for mine comes in over Kelly. McPherson can come in over Kelly. Um, Butts can come in over Kelly. There's a lot of options down back. I, I don't think Jake Kelly gives us enough. Um, and you know, every time he tries to speed the play up, he just turns it over. It's it's just not the way he plays the game of football. Um, he'd be a good lockdown defender for a team, uh, as long as that's all they want. Um, but uh, yeah. look, he. He's very dedicated. He's very determined. Oh, no he tried no very hard. He's got a slow brain, and he moves the ball very slowly. Yep, I think that's right. I think that's right. And Patrick Lyons points out too in the YouTube chat. We've got Paul Lacey next year probably as well. Um, yep. You know, we've got uh, Worrell uh, in the twos. Um, yep. So you know, there's there's some kids. To, as as we pointed out last week uh, in the list management chat, Macca, we're not sport. For, we're, we're sport for choice down back. Um, you know, you got yeah. Fisher Mackesy that's uh, been recruited as a defender as well. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, sorry, I, I, I think Jake Kelly is part of the past, and I think we need to move forward from him. Agreed. Uh, last one, uh, the usual. Uh, how'd you, how'd you uh, find Tex? Uh, uh, got slightly more of the ball, didn't he, than normal? Um, yeah. He kicked two he goals. He got more than the three. What did he get, about seven or something? Uh, well, he got eight touches, kicked two goals. Eight. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought he – look, I thought he was handy, but I still stick by my statement. I don't really think that he should be playing next year. Yeah, um, six, six score involvements. Um, you know, we all know how creative he is with ball in hand. Um, we saw it again at times. Um he looked to be kicking the ball from outside 50 a little bit more fluently, or trying to at least. Um, but, yeah. Uh, um, on the chat, Sensible Crow reckons that Worrell is homesick. Now, I want to make this abundantly clear right now. There was a rumour that was uh, put forward on uh, Big Footy about uh, young Worrell. Uh, Sensible Crow's picked it up. And uh, I can tell you categorically, categorically that that's not the case. That's not the case. Well, um, the, well, I like to hear that, Pete. The, the person uh, that uh, put that um, rumour forward did so in good faith from a source that he trusted and was, uh, was absolutely smashed by connections. <laughs> so, um, yeah... Uh, what sensible crows probably picked that up um, from uh, from that rumor. Um, I think it did the rounds on Twitter for a little while too, from the same source uh, who is most apologetic. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, there's no substance to that whatsoever um, uh, that we know of. Um, and judging by the reaction from when that was posted on Twitter and Big Footy, um, there doesn't seem to be any substance to it whatsoever. Um. Well, you know, there's only three matches to go for the rest of the year. Um, would you play well or give, give, him, give him a taste of it this year or would you um, wait till next year? If he's physically ready, I would. Uh, I'm not aware of his form in the scratch matches, although how do you tell, um, you know, based on those 10-minute fun fests? Um, 
but look, if he's physically ready for it, I think there's, um, I think we've got uh, room to give him a run. Uh, we certainly need to be rotating as many kids as we can through. I'd like to see Geordie Butts get another hit out as well. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely, Mac. If he's physically ready, I think he should get a run. Yeah, I'd like to see him get a run. And the reason I'd say that is because one of the reasons we did do, uh, do very, very well against Hawthorne, apart from the fact that Hawthorne aren't that good, if you have a look at our back line, it was virtually a senior back line, not a junior back line. Lockie Shaw was the only junior in that back line at all. Yeah. And um, uh, I, as I say, wins, uh, wins are bad for us at the moment in the sense of uh, our getting that number one pick. I would be giving those young boys uh, down back an opportunity uh, to show themselves. If we lose the game, so be it. Uh, it it's not a, what what well, is it, what difference does it make when you win one game, two games, or three no, games? No. It's it's not it's about next year, not this year. And this is my concern about playing DMAC. Yeah, you know, well, we know exactly what we're going to get from David McKay, um, but you would be extremely optimistic to consider David McKay part of our next premiership team. So, oh, that won't happen. Of course not. So, so that's my measure at the moment. If you're playing a bloke who's not, who who is holding a younger kid out and is not going to be part of our next premiership tilt, uh, then uh, I think he's got to give way. And I think that's uh, David McKay is the one that stands out to me. I also think that Luke Brown uh, needs a bit of a, a rest. Uh, I don't think Brownie's missed, has he, uh, this year? Maybe one through injury, but I don't think he's playing 100% fit. I'd be giving Lukey Brown a, a bit of a rest. Um, uh, so there's a couple of opportunities there to bring a, a young kid like Warrell in for a bit of a taste. Mm. And I, I really would like to see us uh, in the last two or three games, and I, and I fear you know, that Nick's has got the taste of victory up his nose, um, that he might want... Oh. In his mouth or nose, wherever it goes, oh. that you know that, that he just might want more. Yeah, but you know, it, it's look. I think they think took Mac. I think they took a better attitude into a winnable game than they did against North Melbourne. I, I feel like they had a good balance against Hawthorne, and they came with a plan. You know, albeit a fairly simple one, uh, to run the ball through the Hawthorne zone, because I think yep. they sensed that Hawthorne were vulnerable, and you know. Uh, it's good for the two. I mean, we saw the aftermatch scenes uh, with those lads and Nixie getting in the middle and getting the Gatorade shower. It's good for the team and for good for morale to get a win on the board. Uh, but I thought Matthew Nix was pretty measured in his post-match pressure uh, presser, and I don't think he's getting carried away with that. And I think that he would still have his eyes on the bigger picture, and I wouldn't mind betting that. Uh, we see another debutant against GWS uh, on Tuesday. I hope so, um, because uh, you know if we lose to GWS, I'll start to feel more comfortable about our number one position because I don't think we'll beat. <laughs> <laughs> beat Richard You're very worried about that, aren't you, mate? Well, I am because I'm a little bit paranoid because we've been, <laughs> you know, we've been down there all year. It'd be stupid yeah. to win two or three games at the end of the season and blow it, and. Uh, We've never had that luxury in the club before. And, you know, it, by choice, you'd rather be winning up to the other end. But if you're not going to win the other end, you might as well win this end. Yeah, no, and, that's true. You know, and so from that point of view, uh, it, there's no joy in just getting two or three wins and missing out on the first round, you know, the first crack at them. Yeah. Um, so that's just my viewpoint on it. And, 
from my point of view, near Nixie, you've, you know, you've, you've got your win. Now, just pick a few lads out that you'd like to <laughs> see more of for next year. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it's not tanking, it's just making sure no, that we no. have a good look at our lads. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, just a reminder of everyone who has uh, joined us or who watches us uh, on demand via YouTube or Facebook or indeed Spreaker. Pardon me. Uh, if you want to support the Crowcast, get to patreon.com forward slash AFL Crowcast and get around that. Um, I'll be chucking the stats up again as per usual. Um, and uh, Maka, uh, we said that we weren't going to go over an hour. We're at an hour and ten. Um, so we probably should uh, bid farewell, don't you think? I don't think so. We do tell lies, though, Pete. <laughs> we have been known to. <laughs> Look, thanks to everyone who's joined us tonight on the chat. Uh, great to see everyone. It's been a good discussion as usual. Uh, we'll be back again next Sunday to review the GWS game and all the other stuff going on. Until then, Macca, happy Father's Day, and thanks, thanks for mate. coming along. Thank you. And uh, take care, everyone. Enjoy the 30-degree day next week, and we'll see you next week. Yep. Good night, all.